when you can stop beating yourself up, because we are our own worst critic, we have this negativity bias that we tend to gravitate towards the negative aspects. It's like a psychological, natural phenomenon that humans have, right? And so you have to work hard to foster compassion towards yourself. Hey there, I'm Ani Michalski, wellness coach, therapist, and mom to half a dozen amazing kiddos. This podcast is for moms who desperately need a break, but refuse to take one. You know who you are. You have a jam-packed schedule and you're so busy doing everything for everyone else, you don't leave any time for you. What's up with that? Well, no more. Take off your superwoman cape and learn how to put yourself on your to-do list. This is the Moms Without Capes podcast. I wanted to talk to you about this guilt because this is actually what, um, this is kind of like what fueled my entire business. What um, I, it was in 2011 and I um, was like just riddled with, with guilt, right? Like I felt guilt, I felt shame, I felt um, all kinds of like these negative emotions. And I really struggled with wanting to do things for myself, but then I was stuck. I was trapped by this image I had of like this perfect mom and the feelings that I was feeling and the thoughts that I was having did not match. Did they, it did not gel with this definition I had of this perfect mom. And, you know, I was hiding in the bathroom just to get a break. You, this morning, I just had this conversation with my husband because this morning I was like, you know that we have one of those mornings and it's like, mom, 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 like every, I felt again, pull, like I felt pulled in a gazillion different directions, but this was going on for like the first 10 years. I was a mom. My oldest one was 10 years older, oldest, oldest daughter. And I, um, I'm not saying like I didn't practice self-care. Like I would have I would go out with friends. I think I even went out a few weekends, like with, with friends, I went away to the beach and everything. So there were these times that I did get away. I did, you know, practice self-care, do things for myself. I would, you know, I was exercising and stuff, but the guilt that I felt was ridiculous. And this might resonate with a lot of you because even though I was able to make time for myself, it wasn't much. And the entire time, it wasn't even enjoyable because the entire time I felt like I needed to be somewhere else. I needed, I felt like I was doing something that was selfish, that um, didn't fit this definition of a perfect mom. The very fact that I wanted space, like I wanted to do things, that in itself brought up a lot of shame and guilt. And I would hide in the bathroom just to get a break, like from that when my kids were like, mom, 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 like I, um, I needed a break. I really needed a break, but I refused to take one. And it was the guilt and the shame that kept me in this perpetual cycle of trying to live up these, to these expectations of what I created in my mind, right. That were fed by like pressures, my own pressures, but also like pressures from society and from what I've seen in my own family. And, various um, experiences that I've been through, different moms that I know of like what I wanted to be as a mom. And when my thoughts didn't 
um, measure up to that or didn't align with those expectations, that's when a lot of the guilt came about. And so today, I want to talk about the guilt because I know that even if my story doesn't resonate with you, I know that many of you do struggle with guilt and shame, especially when it comes to self-care and doing things for yourself. Many of you have sacrificed your own dreams and desires and hopes and wishes because like in lieu of becoming a mom and for many of you, that's okay. That's, that's okay. But I just want to speak up for those that um, don't like have lost themselves under their mom hat or under their super mom cape as my analogy of my whole entire business goes, right? Like for those moms that have, have completely lost themselves and feel like that they're, they have to give up who they are for their family or for, you know, being this perfect mom. And so today let's dive into what it, what, what did I name this Facebook live? What about the guilt, right? And so if you're listening to this on my podcast episode, this is being, um, recorded as part of a Facebook Live that if you join my Moms Without Caves Facebook group, you'll get to come see the videos and interact in real time. Um, and if you're watching in the group, know that I do have a podcast called the Moms Without Caves that you can always watch. You can always listen to these Facebook Lives on the go. Plus in my Facebook or not in my Facebook, on my podcast, I also have, I publish twice a week. So one episode drops on Monday, and that is this Facebook Live from the week before. And then on Wednesdays, I also drop a Facebook, I keep saying Facebook, I, I also drop a podcast episode where I do a guest interview. And these interviews are with moms that have different um, expertise in, in various areas that I feel would be helpful to moms who struggle with trying to be the super mom. So Mom guilt, when we talk about that, um, sometimes we think it goes back to the mommy wars of like the working mom versus the stay-at-home mom and like one feeling guilty and like all of that. But really mom guilt, what that means is just it's that pervasive feeling of not doing enough as a parent, not doing things right, or making decisions that may mess up your kids in the long run. Um, I remember having a conversation with my brother it was, this is quite a few years ago, and I, I can't even remember what I was struggling with. There's always like, there's always struggles with being a mom, right? Like, amen to that. There's always different periods of our kids' lives that give us more heartache and headaches than others. And so I don't even remember what this specific situation was going on, but I remember like just talking to my brother and having this heart, heart to heart and sharing with him like how I feel like I'm always messing up. Like, I feel like I don't know what, what the hell I'm doing. And um, he just laughed and he's like, every kid feels that way. Every kid, like, you have to just recognize that. Like, you're doing the best that you can with what you know. And just go with that. Like, give it your best and know that that has to be enough. And it's so true. Like, God gave you your children because he knew that you were the perfect parent for that child. And so it doesn't come, parenthood does not come with an instruction book, right? We, we keep feeling guilty and we don't know what the heck we're doing. But yet these feelings, these pervasive 
guilty feelings continue to come up, even though rationally we recognize that we've never done this before. And even like, even as your kids, like even the most experienced parent, like that would have their kids are grown and like out of the house and like thriving in society, even as those parents, and they might have a few bits and pieces of wisdom, but when it comes down to it, they didn't really know what they were doing either. We're all just kind of taking our own experiences and trying to make sense of them so that we can be the best parent for our children. And so when we are um, feeling guilty, we just keep feeling guilty about these irrational thoughts that are coming up because rationally we know that we're not, we don't know what the heck we're doing. We've never done this before. There's no instruction manual. We are all just doing the best that we can. And it's so important to recognize that you are doing the best that you can. When you're showing up, when you're providing the needs for your children, you are doing the best that you can. And so these guilty feelings, any kind of negative feelings that we have, are stemming from the thoughts that you have and the beliefs that you hold. And the beliefs are formed from your past, from the experiences that you've witnessed or that you've been through, um, different, the way that we were raised. I just want to check. I, I just want to make sure that um, if you're watching live, let me know. But these beliefs are coming from, it's, I mean, these beliefs, these feelings are natural. They are natural. E emotions are completely natural. And so it's important just to acknowledge how you're feeling and ask yourself, what thoughts are fueling these feelings that I'm having? What am I thinking? What are the thoughts that are happening to me that are creating these negative feelings for me, including guilt or shame? And are they attached to some unrealistic expectations. Are you saying like the shoulds, the supposed tos, right? Like, are you keeping yourself trapped by saying like, I should, I should be preparing three full, three course meals for my kids, or I should be able to be at softball practice and soccer at the same time, or I should be able to pack lunches or I'm supposed to, to be a good mom, I'm supposed to pack. Um, I always get under pressure during these lives and coming on here live. And even though I'm way less nervous than I used to be, still thinking under pressure and coming up with examples, I'm, like while it's live is always still a struggle for me. But like, are you saying what you're supposed to be doing or what you should be doing? And when you're saying that, is that keeping you trapped and making you feel a certain way. Also, um, look at if you're playing the compare game. And this might be comparing yourself to like your kid's friend's mom or somebody that you know on Instagram or your cousin or the way your mom did it. Like, are you comparing yourself to what the other moms are doing and then feeling less than, feeling like you are not measuring up to this yardstick that you're holding yourself up against? could be personal insecurities, like things that you recognize in yourself or that you perceive about yourself, whether they're true or not, 
And they could be coming from like these pressures that you might be feeling from family or friends or social media or any kind of other like media or any other sources in your life that are creating these insecurities or feeding the insecurities. And again, they may not be actual facts. And that might be when you have to look at it and say, is this true? Is there evidence that does not support these thoughts or the, my perception? Because it's not the situation itself, it's the way you perceive the situation. And so being by able to looking at, by looking at your perceptions, you can start like filtering out what is true and what is not true and what is serving you and what is not serving you and start collecting that evidence that's going to support a more realistic and more rational thought, which is by doing so, the natural consequence is going to be a less negative emotion. And so just being aware of that, what insecurities do you have and what thoughts are stemming from those insecurities? And then feelings of inadequacy. And I've talked about this before in relation to when we say that we don't have time to practice self-care. A lot of that comes from these feelings of inadequacy because we fill our to-do list. We do more trying to compensate for these feelings of inadequacy that you may that you may feel. And so hence, you know, the birth of the super mom where you just continually like fill your schedule and are overextended and are constantly trying to do more 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 when you're feeling less 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 inside. And so making sure that you are becoming aware of where that guilt is coming from is super important. So now let's talk about five ways to minimize the guilt. Now, I said before, make sure you're acknowledging it. Guilt, you know, it, guilt is just a feeling and it's a natural feeling that's stemming from the thoughts that you're having. And so getting back to the thoughts and the beliefs that you hold is going to change those feelings of guilt. So way back when I did feel a lot of guilt and it didn't stop me from practicing self-care, but it really made the, the experiences miserable, right? Like it brought along a lot of um, unnecessary emotions with being able to do things. And so, and, and it also kept me again, like with the, with the huge to-do list and feeling like I'm not measuring up, right? It fed that belief of inadequacy. And so how did I get past that? is what I'm gonna share with you today. Some of the things that has help, have helped me minimize the guilty emotions and the shame and really lean into my authenticity and, and leaning into the fact that self-care has to happen. Like I cannot be my myself. I cannot be the person I was meant to be that God created me to be if I've got these negative emotions dragging me down. For the first 10 years of being a mom, I told myself that I did not have the time to go out with friends or to learn a new hobby. I told myself that my focus now had to be on my children and they were my responsibility and my responsibility alone. I would feel guilty if I did anything fun without my children and husband, and I'd feel resentful since my husband seemed to just come and go without any of the kids even noticing. I, on the other hand, would get bombarded by my kids if I said I was going for a walk alone, so I stopped trying. 
I stopped making dates with friends, and I stopped knowing who I was. I didn't know how to ask for help, and I felt weak, and like I wasn't a good mom because I wanted it. I needed help, but I didn't know how to ask. I became a control freak, really, trying to control everything and everyone, because if things weren't in order, it reflected on me and my worthiness. I filled my plate. Boy, was I busy. I volunteered. I led groups. I got involved in everything. Looking back, I can see clearly that I was trying to prove my, my worth, but really it was exhausting, and it led me to feeling like a failure because I just couldn't keep up. I fed myself all kinds of lies. I don't have time. I don't need that walk. I can do this alone. I thought that the world was going to fall apart if I did something I enjoyed, and I told myself this for so long, I actually stopped knowing what it was that I even enjoyed. Sad, I know. But can you relate? I felt trapped by my own excuses, but it wasn't until I started recognizing them for what they were that I was able to finally break free from them. I created a guide to help other moms break free from the lies and to start taking care of themselves. It took me 10 years. It definitely doesn't have to take you that long. I'll put the link to this guide in the show notes so that you can grab your copy and be on your way to breaking free from the guilt and start rediscovering who you are under that mom hat. And so the first one is to practice self-compassion. It's so important to pay attention to how you're talking to yourself, how you're treating yourself. The words that you're saying to yourself matter. And so when you are able to practice self-compassion, have grace, forgive yourself, everything changes. It is a complete game changer. When you can stop beating yourself up, because we are our own worst critic, we have this negativity bias that we tend to gravitate towards the negative aspects. It's like a psychological, natural phenomenon that humans have, right? And so you have to work hard to foster compassion towards yourself. And it's so amazing what happens when you are able to foster that self-compassion and quiet the inner mean girl, because she can be loud. She can be loud and she wants to be heard. So you've got to be proactive and work harder to quiet her so that you can treat yourself and talk to yourself kindly and with like with compassion. When you practice self-compassion, it allows room for you to forgive yourself for your mistakes and get rid of those regrets that are dragging you down. So many times, especially in my clinical work, with like my counseling clients, we talk a lot about forgiveness because it can keep you trapped when you hold on to that anger and when that regret, and there's such power in being able to forgive yourself. And that's part of that self-compassion. It also allows you to love deeper and not just yourself right? Which is is a natural thing. When you start treating yourself and talking to yourself with compassion, that's part of that self-love, but it also allows you to love others more deeply because you are building yourself up 
right? You're putting on your own oxygen mask and you are allowing yourself to feel that love and that love's going to filter over to all those around you, your family and your friends and all of those people that you do love. But it, practicing self-compassion actually allows you to love deeper. And then finally, it opens up opportunities for growth. Because when you are talking to yourself, like imagine telling, saying to somebody else, those things that you say to yourself, right? Like you're worthless, you're a failure, you're a mistake, right? Like those things that you might be telling yourself each and every day, imagine telling somebody else that, somebody that you love, a child or your spouse or somebody that's close to you. That person's gonna feel small, insignificant and just not wanting to grow much, right? Like you're gonna stunt their growth, their, their emotional and their mental growth. And so the same thing happens to us when we're continually berating ourselves. So when you start talking to yourself with more compassion, you open up the doors to allow yourself to grow more. And that's going to be, that's going to filter out and ripple out to all of those around you. So the second thing, I have such an itchy nose today. The second thing to minimize the guilt that you might be feeling is to ask for help. This means this could be scary for some of you. I know this was scary for me. My mother-in-law would offer when we moved to Montana, my mother-in-law would offer like to take the kids or to, to, to do the things like I, again, that guilt kept me continually saying no, like, because in my, in my head, like a good mom wouldn't want to part with their kids right? Like, and so I was trapped by the guilt and it kept me from leaning into the support that people that wanted to support me, people that wanted to help. It kept me not asking for help, not delegating, even for my husband. I felt like I could do it all and I'm going to do it all. And if I do have help, then it I'm not that, that good mom. I'm not that perfect mom that I need to be, right? So just asking for help is a skill, right? It's a skill in learning how to ask for help, recognizing who it is in your support system, who can, who can help with what, and getting that straight, right? Because you don't want to ask somebody who you know, and I'm not just talking about like asking for help, like watch my kids. I'm not. There's so many ways that people can support you, not just physically, but also emotionally, but they don't know. We get stuck in this thing. Like people are as if they're mind readers and they're not. We need to tell them sometimes it is uh, most times it's helpful to tell people what you need because it provides clarity for them. And then they're like, oh, she needs that. And I can definitely provide that. It gives them the opportunity to help. And you know, you like to help. And so when you're not asking for help, you're denying others that opportunity to help you. And so opening yourself up, identifying who it is that can help with what, and then learning how to ask for help graciously and not passive aggressively, so being able to just open up and allow yourself to be helped. 
that's very hard to do for many of us. Because we are under the impression that we have to do it all, that we have to do all the things. And so it may be perceived, again, that perception that we have of ourselves or what we think is a good, a good or perfect mom, what we perceive is not reality. You have to look at that perception and ask yourself, is this the truth? Is this the only way it could be? Is this the only way it can be? Or are there other options? Is there other ways that I can meet my needs? Many of us don't even know what it is that we need. I know for years, I didn't even know what it was that I needed because I was so consumed in taking care of everyone and everything else that I never stepped away and I never asked myself, what do I need? And I was, I was killing myself doing all of this stuff for everybody else. And I wasn't even filling my own bucket. I wasn't filling my cup. I wasn't asking myself what I needed. And so how was I expecting anyone else to know what it is that I needed when I myself didn't even know what I needed? Because I never took the time to even do that reflection. Number three. So we've got half self-compassion. Number two is ask for help. Number three, let go of perfectionism. I've spoken with moms right here in this group who say I do not struggle with perfectionism. And I did a podcast episode as well as a Facebook Live a while ago all about how perfectionism manifests in motherhood. Perfectionism is when we get stuck in that all or nothing mentality. Um, we want to have control, right? Like I admit it, I am a recovering control addict. I still struggle with it a lot, right? I have learned to let go of the reins a bit, um, but it's still something that I know that I struggle with. And that is perfectionism. That's perfectionism showing up. And it takes an awareness and it takes um, practice to be able to continue to look at the gray area. And I have this sign hanging up in my house. It says, it's not in my room right now, but it says like, excuse the mess. My kids are busy making memories. You probably have seen that sign before. Like it's, it's a, on a meme or whatever, but that sign is just like this reminder to me, like, it's okay if the house is not perfect. If not every single blanket is picked up in the living room. And my house is pretty neat, like pretty clean. I'm not saying that it's like dirty or anything, but I had to let go of some of that control because it kept me running around like a chicken with my head off. And I've never seen a chicken with their head off, but <laughs> I know that's that expression. Like, and I imagine it just like this mom that's like frantic, like running around, like making sure that everything is in order, everything's taken care of, everything is, you know, like everything's like spotless before she can take off and do something for herself. That was me. I had to make sure like, everyone was taken care of, that there's a dinner on the table and um, the dishes were all away, the laundry was all folded, that my husband was okay, that my kids were all taken, like all okay and occupied before I was able to say, okay, I'm going to go for a walk, right? 10 minutes, 10 minutes, and then I'll be back because that guilt kept me running back, right? That is what I'm talking about is the perfectionism. Thank God, I'm not in that place anymore because that was exhausting. And you might be feeling that exhaustion too. And some of this might be like 
an aha moment. Like, is that how you want to be living? And if not, what can you do about it? You're, you're, you're making the right step. You join this Facebook group or you're listening to this podcast, but it's going to take some more in order for you to recognize that there's more to life than what you're living right now. So number four is practice gratitude. And this is what is going right. Because even though there's exhaustion and overwhelm and you are feeling at your wit's end, there are things that are going right. And when you are able to practice gratitude, you will start noticing and focusing on those things that are going right. And when you focus on things, whatever you focus on, it increases, it grows. So when you focus on that negativity and you focus on everything falling apart or things not going as planned, you're going to find more things go not as planned, like more things happen that are in that negative space. Whereas when you turn and redirect your focus to what is going right and start being grateful for those things, those things are going to increase. They grow. So practice gratitude. This might look like you starting one thing before you close your eyes at night, you lay down in bed and say, what is one good thing that has happened today? And just making note of that one thing. Some days it might be harder than others to try to recognize and try to pinpoint something that went good. But I guarantee there's going to be at least one good thing. It may be small, but there's going to be at least one good thing that happened that day or that went on or that you noticed that was good. And it may just be that you woke up at, out of bed that morning or that you were able to breathe. Don't forget to breathe. That's super important. <laughs> so many times we get wrapped up in doing all the things we go from zero to hundred and you don't even give yourself that space to, to take a deep breath and sigh and, and take that deep breath of oxygen into your blood. And then number five is get back to being you. If you have lost yourself when you became a mom and you struggle, like you don't have any hobbies, you don't even know what it is that you need or that you like to do anymore. If you used to enjoy reading and you haven't read in a long time, or you used to enjoy going on adventures or going swimming or going for a run, I'm trying to think, you used to sew, right? Like anything that you used to do, maybe even before you became a mom or got married or whatever. And it's been so long since you've actually done something that you enjoy. Then let's get back to that. Let's get back to figuring out what it is that interests you. What are your passions? You need to give yourself that time to do what you enjoy, to relax. And if it means that you need to schedule it in, then do it. Most likely your schedule is full. So you are going to have to schedule it in just like you would a doctor's appointment. Make a date with yourself. One, one way to help you schedule it in is for you to register for the upcoming Moms Without Capes self-care challenge. It's happening all inside the Moms Without Capes Facebook group, and it's five days of intentional self-care, five days of getting back to doing what it is that you enjoy, 
things that fill up your cup, five days. Come on, you can do this. If you have not made time for yourself in a really long time, and that might, for a really long time, that might be five days ago, or it might be five years ago, then sign up, get registered for the five-day self-care challenge, and let me show you how to make time for yourself, and let's get discovering what it is that you enjoy, what it is that fills up your cup. I'll throw the link in the comment section, or if you're listening to this via podcast, I'll throw it in the show notes. It's at momswithoutcapes.com backslash challenge. Get registered. It kicks off May 2nd, but if you do it now while you're watching this or listening to this, while it's fresh on your mind, that you'll be registered. You'll start getting the emails so that even if you forget up until May 2nd, you'll get that email and you'll be like, all right, I'm doing this. Let's be intentional. Let's make time for you because you are worthy, you are important, and you matter. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I am so grateful for you that you made the time to watch this video all the way to the end or listen to this podcast episode all the way to the end. I appreciate you and I thank you and I will see you in the Moms Without Capes Facebook group. All right. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Moms Without Capes podcast. I'm always up to hearing your ideas for future episodes, so send me a DM and let me know. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would be awesome if you'd leave me a positive review wherever you're listening to podcasts these days. Until next time, take care of you. You are worth it.